Hello, everyone. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. On today's program, Fact or Fiction, as California Governor Newsom in June of 2019 issues a soft executive order formally apologizing for the historical injustices perpetuated against the ancestors of California's indigenous peoples. What are the signs, significances, and implications of this apology? We'll speak with California indigenous leaders. All that and more here on American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright, the lone This past June 18th of 2019, California's Governor Newsom issued Executive Order 1519, which is a formal apology on behalf of California to the California Indigenous Peoples for the many quote-unquote instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect inflicted upon California Indigenous Peoples throughout the state's sordid and checkered history. The governor also announced the creation of a Truth and Healing Council to provide an avenue for California indigenous peoples to clarify the record and provide their historical perspectives on the quote-unquote troubled relationship between California indigenous nations and the state. Presently, there are over 700,000 indigenous peoples that call the state of California their home. There are well over a hundred federally recognized indigenous nations, as well as scores of unfederally recognized California indigenous nations. The state of California's history with indigenous peoples is rife with instances of acts of genocide going all the way back to California's statehood. In fact, in 1850, California passed a law called the Act for the Government and Protection of Indians, which facilitated removing California indigenous peoples' ancestors from their traditional homelands, separating children and adults from their families, languages, and culture, and creating a system of indentured servitude as punishment for minor crimes such as loitering. Between 1850 and 1859, governors of California called for private and militia campaigns against California indigenous peoples throughout the state. And in his 1851 State of the State Address, California's first governor declared, quote unquote, that a war of extermination will continue to be waged between the two races until the Indian race becomes extinct must be expected. Subsequently, California state government authorized $1.29 million in the 1850s to subsidize the state citizen militias in order to exterminate California indigenous people's ancestors. 
On today's program, co-host Marcus Lopez speaks with longtime Indigenous activist and leader Valentin Lopez, who's chairman of the Amamansan Nation of the Casanoan Peoples. He addresses his reaction to Governor Newsom's formal apology for California's historical treatment of California Indigenous peoples and what it means to him, what the implications are, and what does it mean in this historical juncture of this formal apology by California's Governor Newsom. And now, fact or fiction, the soft apology by California Governor Newsom for California's historical treatment of California Indigenous peoples. Well, welcome to the American Indian Airways, uh, Valentin. Thank you very much, Marcos. Happy to be here. I'm glad you're going to join us this hour. We want to also thank you for your effort in this major undertaking regarding the executive order. Now, the executive order number 15-19 talks about the whereases, and I'm going to read them. It says, and the important ones, I feel, whereas the state of California laws and policies discriminating against Native Americans and denying the existence of tribal governments, powers persisted well into the 20th century, and whereas despite these wrongs, California Native American resisted and survived and carried on cultural and linguistic traditions defining all odds, and whereas the state of California and California Native Americans have never jointly formally examined or documented their, uh, their relationships for the express purpose of acknowledging and, and accounting for historic wrongs, And further on, it says, whereas the state of California seeks to more closely explore the historic relationship between the state of California and the California Native Americans in the spirit of truth and healing through the establishment of a truth and healing council. And so, so, and finally, it says, um, the executive order 8, 10, 11. They're talking about pursuant of working out at the Truth and Hearing Council that in collaboration with the Constitution with California Native American tribes pursuant to the Executive Order 8, 10, 11, and finally, and later on, identifies four areas that they will immediately implement. Now, Val, you stayed, you sent a letter to the state of California regarding this particular document and apology to California Native people. First of all, we're calling this series Apologies to California Indian Peoples, Myth or Reality? And so you're one of the first guests here on American Indian Airways. We appreciate you coming on board and talking about this apology because since the state was created during the 1850 that they, uh, this particular state of California, with this atrocities that the governor mentioned, uh, why don't you talk about that? Why don't you talk about the Amun Munson tribal band of Kosanoa Indians? First of all, where are you located? 
I currently live in Sacramento, but our traditional territory is in the Hollister, Gilroy areas, and Santa Cruz. Because our people are, our tribe is comprised of the, of the um, descendants of the indigenous peoples that were taking the mission San Juan Batista at Santa Cruz. So that's where our territories are. Why don't you give us a little history, Mr. Lopez, in, in relationship to the, what, because of the state of California, it's so long and so it talks about this, the wrongs that California state does. Mention some of the, in particular to your tribe, some of the wrongs. Now, they might be repeated because of the um, many wrongs that are repeated throughout the state as a whole. But in particular, why don't you tell our listeners what were those wrongs specifically? Well, our people experienced three periods of, of brutal, violent, and disastrous colonization. First, there was a Spanish and Catholic priest or, or the missionaries period. Then the Mexican period, which a lot of people don't understand, but that was devastating to our people as well. And then the um, early California um, and, and, and then American period. And, and that was devastating as well. So during the mission period, there was genocide. They, you know, they, uh, you know, they say that the Indians came in to, you know, voluntarily to find a better life, to find God, to learn agriculture. You know, that's that, that's that's a huge, that's nothing but a lie. You know, our people, you know, had a wonderful, had a beautiful relationship with Creator. We didn't need them to teach us how to have a relationship with God. Um, we had relationships with Mother Earth. We knew how to take, you know, we took care of, we didn't need to learn agriculture because we took care of our environment. Our people were actively stewarding the lands in a very effective and sustainable way. As a matter of fact, today our tribe is working with universities, including Berkeley, um, Stanford, and Santa Cruz, and we work with state parks and Bureau of Land Management, teaching them how our people take care of the lands so that we can restore those indigenous uh, traditions and knowledge uh, back in the stewardship of, these, of the land today. We're actually working with uh, state parks to restore the coastal prairie that was there uh, that, that we maintained for thousands of years that was the most biodiverse landscape in Northern California until they outlawed burning. The Mexican mission period, excuse me, the Spanish mission period outlawed burning. Mexican and American periods outlawed burning. And so that was devastating to the landscapes. We so have... The Mexican period our environments. And right, then, of course, right, the Mexican... Right, Val, we have... We know that. I mean, we have. Um, we. I mean, we don't know that. I mean, people, general public, doesn't don't know that. But yet, on the on the Spanish period, uh, colonialism, and then the Mexican period, the colonialism, and then we have the Americans came. The executive order stated it states this in particular, though, Val, because we're talking about the apology from the state of California, not from the Spaniards, not from the Mexicans, not from the missionaries, not from the church, not from the presidios, not from uh, the viceroys, and even not from the California families or the 49ers. We're talking about the state of California, its relationship to the California Native people, and it says here that the American uh, wars through the violence, the exploitation, the disposition, disposition, excuse me, and the attempted destruction of tribal communities as summoned up by the California's first governor, Peter Burnett, in the 1851 address to the legislature. And it says, quote, and this is in the executive order, 
that a war of extermination will continue to the wage between the two races until the Indians tribe becomes extinct must be expected. And this is a quote from the first governor. Now, from that point on, 1851, talk about the violence and talk about the exportation or the dispositions of um, the native people, and particularly your tribe. Did the Americans within the area, within the area of Monterey, within the area of, of what you talked about, that they restricted, that they created violence within your communities, and if so, how so? Well, well, they absolutely did, um, Marcos. You know, one of the very first treasury bonds passed by the state of California was to pay for the extermination of California Indians. And then with the, with the money that was collected, it was about $1.8 million that they collected. And this is in $1851 now. What they used that for was to pay bounty monies for, for Indian scalps. And that occurred in our territory, Marcos. There's a, the, the newspaper of Santa Cruz, and it's still, it's, it's still printing today. It's called the Santa Cruz Sentinel. The Santa Cruz Sentinel published in 1873, more than 20 years after that executive order was signed. You know, I mean, the Treasury bond was passed. The Sentinel published that they would no longer pay bounty money for Indian scalps. So they were paying bounty, uh, bounty money for scalps in our territory. Now, um, there was, there was, now, Val, that is totally terrible. I mean, people don't know this about California history. That area of the, we're talking about the Americans, the, the first people that came from Oregon, that finally came from the Oregon Trail, and that finally came in through that way. Um, these were the Americans, and um, that was especially during that time, discovery of gold, and Sutter, and I, I know that um, that uh, Barnett was very much, he was like a Trump in, in them days. You know, he was a speculator, a, um, a mischievous, and a, a person that was his personal gain at the expense of others. And um, he, um, he was much smarter than Trump. Of course, he was a lawyer, for, and then plus, plus that, he, he manipulated the law and real estate. But in your area, that in itself, what was the literature besides Santa's Cruz? What did people think? Did people go in hiding from the Americans? Did people? I know that the statement of the governor as far as wage a war against tribal groupings, especially within the northern tribes, you know, you, you know, Maidu, Yokots, uh, the, you know, the, um, the uh, different, different tribes up in northern Cal, uh, but yet within you, where, where your folks are from, the, um, the Ahim Mutsan tribal band of Kosanoan Indians, uh, what was the history? Did they or enslaved people within farms, within, I know cattle industry was predominant, agricultural, mines. How did that manifest? You're listening to American Indian Airwaves, Myth or Reality, California Governor's Executive Order, formally apologizing to California Indigenous peoples for the state's historical legacy of acts of genocide and what it means to California indigenous peoples. And now back to the interview with Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Amamunsa Nation. 
several things. One is our people did do a lot of the agricultural work, you know, the farming and, 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 and the raising of the crops and stuff like that, but raising of the domesticated European crops, not our traditional crops. Our tribe stayed together. Our tribe stayed together um, in, uh, into, the, into 1965. That's what makes our tribe kind of unique. But during that time, um, the way I, I often say the, re, the way that we survived that period, our tribe survived that period, was by denying our ethnic identity. You know, during the mission, they took away your native name and they gave you a Hispanic Christian name. Mm-hmm. And so now we're Sanchez, Rodriguez, Hernandez, etc. You know, and they took away our, our, our traditional name. And they also forced us to speak Spanish. And so whenever they would come to collect the bounty money on us or, or that kind of stuff, we just said, we're not Indians, we're Mexican. You know, we speak Spanish, and our name is Sanchez, our name is Lopez, et cetera. You know, and so please don't ever call us Indian, because that's derogatory and, dis- and discriminating against us. So you might we're say, you might say um, correct me for wrong, and we're going to take a little uh, break. We're speaking to Valentin Lopez, who's the chair chairperson of Amhun Mutsun Tribal Band of Kosanoan Indians, and he's the first of a series of uh, of our interviews with Native leaders in reference to the um, state of California and the governor apologizing for the genocide in the state of California. Thou, is it safe to say that people were scared to their death about coming out and uh, being and practicing their culture practicing the religion, the policies. I know that the state of California had indentured servants of taking away the children, that that happened within your area. And was it safe to say that that uh, people were scared for their lives? Well, without a doubt, without a doubt. There, in the city of Watsonville, there is a, a, a Catholic orphanage. You know, we can identify nine of our members who were taken to that orphanage. We ripped from the parents and given to that orphanage so that they would, so that they could be um, taught and raised in the um, in the uh, in the colonizers' ways and traditions and stuff like that. And then you talked about indentured servitude, indentured servitude is slavery. In the uh, California Indians were indentured into the 1930s. Mm-hmm. We had Indian slavery in California into the 1930s. And for our tribe, we had we had a number of members who were indentured, and, and I, I don't know how late they were indentured. We 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 lost that history, we lost touch, but we know we had a number of our members who were impacted by the law. That, of that is so. That, we'll get back to that. Let's take a little break. This is a lot to go over, uh, Mr. Lopez, because of the fact that uh, um, a lot of people are not and they don't know this history. And so that is why it's so important that you speak to us and our listeners within Santa Barbara and within Southern California in order to let them know what really happened. So we'll get back to you. Um, And this song, I wanted to play for you, uh, Mr. Lopez, because it is was my... um, I knew him. He was Floyd Redcoe Westerman. And this song, if you hear it, it's about missionaries. And I love this song because he tells it like it is. So here you go, folks. And don't go away, Val. We'll get back, right back to you. Spread the word of your religion. Convert the whole world if you can. Kill and slaughter those who oppose you. It's worth it if you save one man. Take the land to build your churches. Ascend to tax the house of God. Take a child while he is apples. Spoil the mine and spare the rock. Go and tell the savage native that he must be Christianized. Tell him end his heathen worship and you'll make him civilized. 
Took a gospel for your values Down his throat until it's wrong And after he is crippled Turn your back and lock the door upon your prey Then you pick the soul to pieces And you watch them as they decay Cause religion is big business As your bank accounts will show And Christ died to save all mankind But that was long ago Missionary, missionary Go and leave us all alone Save the soul of all your white man a God of our own Missionary, missionary Don't leave us all alone Save the soul of all your white man We've a God of our own I love that song. That song reminds me of the man Floyd Westerman, uh, Red Crow Westerman, who was an actor a musician, an activist, a religious um, iconic figure within our communities in, during the 60s and 70s, and um, he's still within our hearts and within our soul. This song, Missionaries, I thought was appropriate, Val. Uh, we're speaking to Valentin Lopez, who is the chairman of the Amhum Mutsun Tribal Band of Cochinone Indians in the series we call California Apologies. Fact or fiction? And so we're speaking with the chairman of a Native Nation group, the First Peoples Group in Northern California, around the, the Santa Cruz and east of Santa Cruz area. And we were, we're talking about the governor of the state of California, Galvin Newsom, and he, during June of this year, proclaimed and announced an apology for California Native peoples. And it's the Executive Department, State of California Executive Order N-1519. Val, we were talking about a little bit of history. We were talking about the laws and the policies. One of the policies was specifically the notion of, of indigenous uh, servants, slavery, if you will, fancy name for that. We, in the, during the Americans came, and we talked about the, the attack on villages and communities when the Americans came, the so-called 49ers. And well, you know, you read the book and you talked to the man. I know we have before. We're going to talk to him again. Uh, Benjamin Medley wrote the book, uh, the, the California Genocide, about California experience in the state of California. And he talked about this notion of the killing machine. Now, this killing machine, you talked about that a little bit, but did this killing machine affect the people the way they lived? And if they did, give us an example of that, if you will. Well, by the time the American period came, the majority of our people um, had been um, had died 
I mean, at Mission San Juan Batista, um, in 1923, the priest reported in, in a survey by Mexico City that 19,421 Indians had died at Mission San Juan Batista. And there was still another 10 years to go of that mission before the um, before it closed. And so the death was, you know, and so, and so all, you know, uh, uh, the vast majority of the natives along the coast um, were already dead at, at, the, at the American period. They had already died, unfortunately. And, and so we don't have a lot of stories about during the American period, you know, about those atrocities. Um, happening, happening specifically to us. I know that, like I said, we denied our identity and we just kept as low of a profile as possible. We right, right, right. The outside community. I think it's important mm. to important to say, Val, because of the fact that uh, your letter and you um, wrote a letter to the governor last Friday. This is a new a new information. The letter you addressed to the governor. Uh, Galvin Newsom, uh, the October 21st, and uh, from the Amah Mutsan tribal band of Kosanolan Ohlone Indians, and you talked about this. Uh, your your particular, you introduced yourself, and you talked about uh, the um, an apology, and then you said that you caught your ear, but you you said what in the letter about this apology? Well, our tribe has a policy that we do not accept apologies. What do you mean in by that? In 2012, we had a um, we had um, the Bishop of Monterey, um, Garcia, Bishop Garcia, offered a massive reconciliation to our tribe, and in that apology, he uh, you know, and in that mass, he apologized to us. But before that mass, our tribal council met, and we said we cannot accept that apology. We will acknowledge that apology, and so when you know, and so whenever I spoke, I acknowledged the apology. But we said that apology, you know, most people that when they apologize, they want that to just be the last word of it, and now let's just move forward. Everything's equal, you know, but it's not equal. They still have the land. They still tell hold the stories of of, of the of the history, you know. Our people, you know, they, they've done nothing to. Um, but, you know, um, let me give you another example also. In, in 2015, Pope Francis apologized. And I wrote him a letter and said, we do not accept your apology. He apologized to the indigenous people of the Americas. And I said, we do not accept your apology. If you're truly sorry for your sin, do or do what the Catholic Church teaches. The Catholic Church teaches to be, to, to be forgiven for your sins, you must confess your sins. You must say what you did, how many times you did it, and why you did it. And then you must do penance. And then you must atone for your sin. I told Pope, in my letter to Pope Francis, I told him that if you, you know, that, 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 that once, you, once, you know, that if you, once you do that, then we can accept your apology. But we do not believe, you know, when we hear an apology, all we hear is, you know, we apologize. Now, will you just shut up? That's all we hear. <laughs> an apology is just an attempt right. to shut us up, and we won't do that. But it is, but um, um, a vow you said in the letter, and I thought it was interesting. You said what you just said, but yet in a more diplomatic manner in the letter. But also, yeah. you said that, <laughs> yes, also, you said, and that's what's so good about radio. But um, what you said though, when Governor Newsom, and I read, when Governor Newsom offered to develop a truth and healing council, our tribe became very interested in this. And I didn't read it, but it says, it says, I hereby order that the state of California hereby recognizes the start, the state 
historically sanctioned over a century of depredations and prejudice. And it says later, it says, commends and honors California Native Americans for persisting and carrying on cultural and linguistic traditions and stewardships and protecting the land that we know that we now share. That's interesting. But says, I think I'm getting to this. And, I, and it says, apologizes on behalf of the citizens of the state of California. Now, this is important because he, people don't, don't know this, is that he apologizes for everybody that lives in the state of California. He said automatically, all the people, all the citizens that call themselves citizens within the state of California, they're apologizing. Their representative, the governor, apologizes for the atrocities. But further on, it says, and for many instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect California inflicted on the tribe and whereby, and the lastly, you talked about some other things about especially Executive Order 8, 10, 11, which I won't get into, and mostly about establishing the Truth and, he- hearing, uh, a truth and Healing Council that uh, shall report the draft findings to the governor's tribal advisor and on annual basis beginning January 2020 and to produce a final written report of findings regarding the historic relations between the state of California and California Native Americans and or before January 4, uh, January 1st, 2025. So it's, 20, it's like five years developing this. You mentioned the letter and I read their letter and you mentioned that you are very much interested in that and that you have gone uh, and you have wellness meetings within your community. I think that the Chumash or the Tongval, the Kumiai and the Hashiman and even the Salinan people don't have that. So which is that? that's why one of the reasons why I want to interview you because he's healing these bi-monthly wellness meetings for, and it says you outlined them, it says for persons to heal, heal, it's important for the person to tell the story, first of all. Second of all, to heal, the truth must be told. Second of all. Third of all, and you go, you go on, which I want to go back on these. Not, third, not only is it important for the Native Americans to heal, perpetrators must also heal and finally, he says, to heal a healthy relationship, it takes two healthy parties. So let's go back to number one. For, for a person to heal, important for the person to tell the story. You, you have these tribal, uh, tribal wellness meetings, and you have a tribal psychologist, Dr. Donna Scribbler. Schindler. Yes, yeah. and, and I met her. We well, I met her, and I was I met you the first time. We talked yeah. about this four or five years ago when the Father Sarah came up and the so the debacle of the the Vatican and the sainthood and all that, which I won't go into. But we met her and you, and you came to Santa Barbara. You we had a panel discussion. But now we're talking about the American period. We're talking about your tribal wellness meetings, and you talk about the story. How's that going? Tell us about it. Tell us about your persons to tell the story. Is that important um, within this process of these healing and um, truth and healing council that the governor has um, uh, has said he was going to do? What's so important about it, Val? Educate us, please. 
You're listening to American Indian Airwaves, Myth or Reality, California Governor's Executive Order, formally apologizing to California Indigenous peoples for the state's historical legacy of acts of genocide and what it means to California Indigenous peoples. And now back to the interview with Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Amamansa Nation. Well, so many of our members suffer from historic trauma, you know, and that historic trauma, it, it manifests itself in, in, the, in terms of, of addiction, alcohol and drug addiction, in terms of suicide. We have tremendous rates of suicide in our, within our tribe. You know, we talked about, you know, about depression, incarceration, poverty, violence, child abuse, um, rape, molestation. We deal with all of that stuff. Uh, that happens within our tribe. At our wellness meetings, we we talk about that in a very honest, very direct way. We have a psychiatrist there and two psychologists there because we go into a lot of places where people you know need you know need to talk to someone because we deal with serious topics, Marcos. But I can tell you our people are healing. Our people are now going to school in, 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 in numbers that are, uh, you know, that um, were unheard, you know, unheard of just, just, just 10 years ago when we started this. Um, our people now know, you know, the, the addiction rates are down. I used to, in one week, I got four calls from tribal members, you know, because um, they're losing their babies to adoption. They're um, going to go away to prison for a long time. Uh, they're addicted to, to meth and they want help. And stuff like that, because I'm a Native American advisor to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. The members know that whenever you know when they get in trouble, they need to talk to somebody. They call me, and I try to help them. So, uh, but but I'm getting much less calls now because our people, you know, are, are finding other ways to do that. And a big part of that is your spirituality. You know, just just depending on your spirituality and knowing that you have other people that you can talk to. And then we have these wellness meetings where they can tell their honest stories. We had a woman who was adopted at, um, at, at age five, and she went to five houses, and she was molested at all three. And she went through a life with promiscuity and drug use. And now at age 50, she had never, she, came, she asked if she could tell her story at our wellness meeting. She had never told her story in her own life. And when she told her story, we had 50 to 70 people in that room. She told her story, and it was incredibly healing for her, but it was important for all of us to help carry that weight for her and to support her, to let her know she's not alone, and to give her support. That's what these wellness meetings do. Now, you said, you, now you said in addition, that, in, in I'm reading here, that, that, that the peoples must truthfully tell impacts through the con, that continue today, and that is they resulted from their brutal colonization the impacts, loss of land, the poverty, loss of identity, depression, incarceration, addiction, suicide, loss of families due to adoptions and foster care, and much, much more. A lot of people think, though, that this particular genocide is a thing of the past, but this thing precipitates and, and, and it boils into the present society, and a lot of the approach of the state of California, even the federal government, not recognizing the people that are an unrecognized, quote-unquote, I call them more the independent nations, but they, they, the story has, still hasn't been told, and I think that's a so, so important. The other point you mentioned is that not only is it important for the Native Americans to heal, 
perpetrators must also heal. What do you mean by that? That seems like a, what are you trying to do? You're trying to just uh, 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 brush it under the carpet? I mean, edu educate us. What do you mean by that the perpetrators also need to heal? Well, let's look here in California. I mean, how can, how can the state of California have laws uh, of extermination? How can they pay bounty money? How can they pay militias to go kill Indians? How you know? How can they do all those brutal things and it, and 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 not wound or hurt their soul? Right now, the the, the the perpetrators need a hell of a lot more healing than the Native Americans do because of their sins. But this is what the these are the words that the Pope used because of their sins, their crimes, and their offenses. That they are those they are still with them. They're with them in every day every day that they live. You know, their sins, their crimes, and their offenses, they wounded or, 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 or eliminated their soul. They have no soul, and they need to heal to get that back. And what we also say in the letter is, whenever, well, what we say at our wellness meeting is to have a healthy relationship takes two healthy partners. Our tribe must work to get itself healthy, but the state of California must work to get itself healthy, too. And if the state of California doesn't acknowledge that or is not willing to work on becoming a, 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 a healing from their historic trauma or their soul wound, then we have no interest in dealing with the state of California. You know, the, the, you know as I said, they need a, a lot more healing than our tribe does or any Native American tribe for all those, all those atrocities that they committed. And then they think that they're healthy and that they're okay and the good people today. They don't tell our true history. They, they named it, you know, like... You know, he said you don't want to talk about the mission period. Well, the, the state of California doesn't want to talk about the mission period. They're not part of that history. But why in the hell are they making these state parks into museums and, and state parks and collecting money and bringing a lot of tourism to these cities so they can get money, tourism money and, and the people can go to restaurants and stay in motels and help that economy? You know, they're using the, our, our, our destruction, our domination. They're using our, our genocide for profit, for money. You know, how can they name parks after Sutter's Park? Sutter's State Park. Well, you know, how can they name a, a, a state park after a slave painter? Uh, the example I use in the letter is they have a Fremont State, a Fremont Peak State Park. Fremont was responsible for the largest um, massacre of Indians in the United States. Uh, in Madley's book, he says that uh, in the in the Sacramento River massacre, that up to over one uh, over one thousand possibly over one thousand Indians died died in that one day massacre, mostly women and children, and um and it's the, the largest massacre in the United States. And how can we have a town named Fremont? How can we have cities and parks named Fremont to honor this person and state parks that honor this person? Is killing a thousand Indians honorable? And that was just one massacre. There was another massacre he participated in that killed seven hundred Indians. How is that honorable? And that's what I'm saying. The state, the state wants to, the state needs more healing than we do. And that truth and he, what I'm afraid of with the truth and healing that they're going to say, well, let's work on how to get the Indians healthy, you know, and try to get them to be, a, a, you know, a, 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 um, and not recognize that they themselves are the ones that need the healing. Well, we were speaking with chairman of the Hamun Munson Tribal Band of Cochinone Indians. I'll be right back. This is a series of uh, conversations we have about um, a California apology, fact or fiction. We'll get back to you.
Lift the top of your mind, put your eyes on the earth, lift your heart to your own home planet. What do you see? What is your attitude? Are you here to improve or damn it? Look right now, and you will see we're only here by the skin of our teeth as it is. So take heart and take care of your link with life and The song Carry It On by Buffy St. Marie here on American Indian Airwaves. In the final segment of today's program, we continue our conversation on myth in reality, the soft apology issued by California Governor's Gavin Newsom, Executive Order 1519 of June 18th of 2019, on behalf of California to California Native American peoples for quote-unquote the many instances of violence, mistreatment, and neglect inflicted upon California Native Americans throughout the state's history. The governor also announced the creation of a Truth and Healing Council to provide an avenue for California Native Americans to clarify the record and provide their historical perspectives on the quote-unquote troubled relationship between tribes and the state. We continue the conversation with longtime Indigenous activist and chairman Valentin Lopez. He's chairman of the Amamunson Nation up in Northern California. And now this is Marcus Lopez of American Indian Airwaves continuing the conversation on the implications and the meaning 
behind California Governor's Executive Order 1519 apologizing softly to California indigenous peoples. And we're speaking to, uh, to Chairman of the Amun Munson Tribal Band of Cochinon Indians, um, Mr. Valentin Lopez. Oh, we're very honored to have him over there talking about some of the things. And Cal the governor of the state of California apologized for the, uh, for the genocide of California Indians. And we're speaking about that. And um, the, we had a, a very good discussion so far. Val, now you had, um, I was going to ask you, because we, uh, I wanted to get to this place, and uh, I don't want to run out of time. But um, I wanted to ask you what the impacts of the meetings and what you basically said a little bit about that. But Chad, I'm going to go a little further than that, Val, that you did not say within your letter. And you, you, uh, you're very, you were very honorable on this letter. And you wanted to say that, that um, we're, you're not only talking about Sutter, Southern Fort State, Surrey Park, the Fremont, and names and what you said before about these, these things, the state of California are going to have to change if they want to get this apology. Come on, you got to walk your talk, right, Val? At the same time, you said other steps will be discussed about wellness in, in your wellness meeting, but at the same time, and you're doing what you need to do within your area, within your tribal membership, which is you're taking the lead on this, uh, Val. Um, and um, I was hoping that the Chumash and whether it be San Inez, whether it be Coastal Band, whether it be um, the Barrio Chumash Tribal Council, uh, or the people of Ventura, or the over there, Anthony's group, or there, the Tongva Guardiano Band of Mission Indians, or the Tiat Society, or further down, the the Hushman, um Wanenyo Band of, of Mission Indians down there, and even people within the recognized. But yet, with this Truth and Healing Council, are you part of that? Should the, you know, is, is are you going to be part of that? And, and if not, why not? You're listening to American Indian Airwaves, Myth or Reality, California Governor's Executive Order, formally apologizing to California Indigenous peoples for the state's historical legacy of acts of genocide and what it means to California Indigenous peoples. And now back to the interview with Valentin Lopez, chairman of the Amamansa Nation. Um, I, I'm trying to find information about that, and I can find nothing. But, Chad, doesn't it seem like the reason why you're not so-called federally recognized is because of the fact of just genocide. Genocide is not something that you spit out and you just say, oh, it's a cute little term. This, this is a very serious matter that talks about the history within the state of California. And within this, doesn't it come to you, and, and, and maybe I'm going, I'm going on the limb, isn't it very strange that, um, that uh, as far as uh, this moment in time, nobody's reaching out to talk to the so-called non-federally recognized tribal organizations and tribal groups in order so they can be on the Truth and Healing Council? Do you think that's kind of strange? It's darn typical. I mean, we have the, the indigenous tribes have been ignored, forgotten, and erased. From history, you know, and let me remind, give a little history here, Marcos. In 1851, uh, there, there were California Indian treaties that our tribe signed, and I bet your tribe signed. Oh yeah, the Treaty of Fort, the Treaty of Fort Tejon in, in 1871. Yeah, nearly a hundred tribes signed that treaty, 
And that treaty was going to give 8.5 million acres spread over 18 reservations. But the state of California sabotaged that treaty. The state of California passed a resolution asking the Senate and the president to not ratify the treaty. And then they took that resolution, a lobbying effort, a lobbying delegates, took that to um, Washington, D.C., and lobbied against the ratification of the treaty. And the president ordered that that treaty be sealed for 50 years. So the reason that we are unrecognized is because of the state of California. If the state of California would have supported those treaties, we would be federally recognized today and we would have a reservation, we would be a reservation land today. I don't know that that would be a good thing, but not being federally recognized, you know, you know, it has a a horrible impact on us. Now, I want to talk about quickly, Marcos, about about the Truth and Healing Council. I mean, if you look at they, they had a photo. Whenever the, the, the governor apologized, he had a photo with a lot of Native tribes. The, 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 the people in that photo were all federally recognized, from federally recognized tribes. And I don't know not one federally unrecognized tribe that has been contacted to be part of this council. And I can tell you, Truth and Healing for our tribe looks much different than it does for the other tribes. Those tribes, a lot of those tribes that have economic development now, that can mean a lot of different things, that have economic development and stuff like that, you know, a lot of them are, 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 um, don't recognize the, the need for healing to the degree that I'm talking about. Because I know that because I was in a meeting once and a, one of the chairpersons said that we don't need to worry about, um, uh, uh, you know, about perpetrators healing. We just need to live our lives. And that's just kind of hearing that coming from a, a, a chairperson just really kind of upset me very much. And that's kind of why I wrote this letter to let them know that the federally unrecognized tribes have a very different perspective of healing. And if they want a, a federally recognized truth and healing council, um, you know, and ignore the, the unrecognized tribe, well, you know, let them, let them have that. Uh, but but we'll, we'll make sure the truth comes out. And I think it's so important what you're saying, Val, because of the fact that it's another way of saying, of continuing the genocide. The genocide did not end when the state of California made it, retracted the bondage and the indentured servitude of uh, legislation within the state of California. I think in, in, in 1924, I think they did that. But I could be wrong. But yet, it, it's a continuation. It's not something that it goes away through time. It's something that it's layered. It's a layer upon layer upon layer of oppression, of disappointment, of anxiety, of frustration, of even the frust- even the process of federal recognize, recognized. I call it the process of federally unrecognized. You completely you ignore the the petitioners who petitioning. Number one. Secondly, the the it seems like this truth and healing council needs to be expanded to a lot of the tribal groupings that are within the coastal area of California. Do you think not? Uh, I think they need equal representation of tribal. I mean, recognized and unrecognized, they need equal representation. And then I think they need geographical representation north to south so that it's fair for all tribes. What are the what what is the most important thing before we this we end this interview as far as what the governor and his liaison, liaison should do in regards to the apology 
of the governor for the genocide of the California Native people. What's the some of the key things that you want to tell the public? Well, it's what I put in the letter. You know, the, the state of California must tell their story. What did they do? Why did they do it? What were the impacts of that? You know, they need to to tell their story. Um, you know, uh, they, they need to uh, um, to um, correct, and uh, you know, they need to correct a, a lot of the things. You know, we're landless Indians, you know, and we're, and we're landless Indians because of the state of California. The state of California should be working with us to get a tribal land. The state of California should work with us to develop a, a state recognition process where we can get the remains back of our ancestors that are at the universities that can give us, uh, uh, you know, uh, so that we can contact, you know, give us a government-to-government relationship with the state of California. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that we can compete for a lot of those economic contracts, so that we can qualify for scholarships, so that we can um, qualify for medical assistance through the state of California. We, you know, uh, that we, you know, uh, the state of California that needs to, you know, like all these, like the El Camino Real, all those valves going down the Highway 101. I mean, that just, you know, they have those valves every mile. They got, it's, it's kind of like an in-your-face reminder to Native Americans that we defeated you, we conquered you, we kicked your butt, you know, and, and we're going to remind you every mile down this road, you know. They got to get rid of those mission valves. You know, they have the El Camino Real. I mean, that was, those were indigenous trails for indigenous trade routes for thousands and thousands of years. And then they come in and, and, and they call it El Camino Real, the Highway of the King. That, 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 those were indigenous trails for thousands of years. Why, why, are the, why aren't they recognizing them as, in, as the uh, heritage trail routes of the, America, of the California Indians? Why are they giving that credit to the Spanish for, for, for that? The same with the De Anza Trail, the same with the Portola Trail. That stuff gets me really upset. You know, they have Mission mission High School. You know, they have, you know, the, the, uh, the missions. Um, as I said, they're making a lot of money off those missions. They can turn those into tourist attractions for money. How shameful. How shameful is that? And then they name schools. You know, how many mission boulevards and mission streets are there here? Those are just reminders to us. You know, Sierra this, Sierra that, and the names after the priests and the missions and the Spanish periods. I mean, they've done everything they can to erase us. They can no longer erase us. They got to. They need to go back and take, you know, and, and give us those names back. Give us back the names of our village sites, and of our locations. They need to work with us to help us restore our traditional ways, so that we can return to the path of our ancestors, so that we can fulfill our obligation that was given to us by Creator. That's what healing looks like, and I don't believe the state of California has the guts to do that. The moment of silence is over. And that was Marcus Lopez of American Indian Airwaves speaking with Valentin Lopez, who is a longtime activist and chairman of the Amamansa Nation in Northern California. He's speaking on myth and reality. California Governor Newsom's 2019 June 18th executive order, whereby he issued a soft apology on behalf of California to California Native peoples for the quote-unquote many instances of violence, mistreatment, 
and neglect inflicted upon California Native Americans throughout the state's history. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guest, Valentin Lopez of the Amamansa Nation. A special thank you to our musical guest, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, Floyd Red Crow Westerman, Buffy St. Marie, and the band Blackfire. A special thank you to Marcus Lopez. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studio of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. Silence is over.